Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. On SAFM. Nine minutes after one o'clock. Good afternoon. It's this Thursday edition of Life Happens. Welcome to the show. We're together until three. My name is Pimelo Mutine. Thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. So we're going to be starting our conversation, though, with something that's that's troubled me somewhat. In fact, um, it's what I what I find quite interesting in how we engage with certain things. And I think it's important to have this conversation because I think we, we need to always assess as a community, as a society, how we interact and engage with certain things, because that's essentially part of what in, what, what defines us. So a lot of noise has been happening around uh, Miss South Africa's uh, posts that people are calling to be scanty scantily dressed posts many people talking about the fact that she's only posting mostly bikini shots and so on and i i found myself slightly troubled by that and i thought to myself so what what is it that troubles me about all of this i mean first of all i think i have problems with with policing of bodies in general and i think it happens a lot um in this country maybe yeah. maybe broadly uh, as well but but the fact that she has this title does it give people the right to think that they own her body? It's a broad conversation and many other things will come out of this conversation. But let me welcome my guests. Tessa Dooms, a social analyst, director at Chasaro Consulting. She's always with us often when we have some issues that we want to, you know, unpack and, and that we grapple with. Sylvester Chauke, founder and chief architect at DNA Brand Architects. He's also an author of a fantastic book called Stand Against the Bland. And I also invited Bokang. You may remember Bukang. Bukang is a former Miss SA South Africa 2010, I think I, I recall that being the case. And she was also a judge in this Miss SA 2020, Bukang Munchane Shabalala. And she's a new mom too. So we've asked her very kindly if she can spend some time with us. Look, let me welcome my panel and welcome all to the show this afternoon. Good afternoon. Afternoon. So Tessa, let me start with you. Your your reaction to what you've seen on social media with regards to Tsekofazo's, um posts, what's your what was your first reaction? So I think there are two things at play um, with the reaction generally. I think um, given what happened last year with Zozi, there has been a heightened interest in South Africa in the last um, 12 to 24 months. Mm. And people do feel a sense, more of a sense now that um, this person represents them. Mm. And so you're right about saying that people feel like they have a right to say something because this is somebody who is their representative. Mm. The, the second layer, though, is the question about what our expectations are of women who represent us. Mm. And um, if you think about it in terms of um, women's roles socially, for instance, as mothers, as wives, um, there are many expectations that we have of women um, that we would never have of men based on the preconceived ideas we have of womanhood, of femininity. And as you rightly say, we then police women on that basis. And so it's a, it's a culmination of saying we have a right to this person and our latent um, biases against women who don't fit particular stereotypes are starting to show. And it's making us um, having have to reflect on do we really value women for who they are 
or do we still judge them based on who we want them to be? Mm. Let me bring you in here, Sylvester, because one of the things that kept, um, you know, that kept me a bit concerned was she she's representing a specific title, Miss South Africa title at this point. Mm. And I could be wrong, but she is very managed. So whatever she puts out there is also quite managed. Your position on, on what is happening right now and those who are either managing her, what, what's your feeling about what is happening mm. there? I think there are a couple of things. One is the fact that, yes, um, you know, first of all, we have not, um, it's not the first time that we see Miss South Africa wearing a, a swimming costume and taking photos. I mean, we, we all tuned in, the mm. whole country tunes in, the whole world tunes in at, at the Miss Universe, Miss World, and we see our um, our representatives wearing costumes on stage, parading, you know, um, as part of the thing. So it's quite bizarre that um, her wearing a costume now is, is quite a big deal. But I think for me, there are two things I'd like to point out. One is the fact that we must be cognizant of the fact that with social media, everyone has an opinion and every opinion comes from every single device if you will right because mm-hmm. everyone can say something and add to the conversation however way they want to and i think that also has come you know with a lot of challenges because not only is it about of course you can be able to engage with um a personality with a brand or whatever but we also feel that we are entitled to say whatever we want to say as that so i think we need to be realistic and say that there will always be those individuals who will find fault in absolutely everything we find fault in the pope uh, we even find fault in jesus um if if if, if, if we want to right so i think the, the the new era of social media has has brought in the sense of conversation that may not necessarily even be factual, that may just be an opinion that then carries this massive uh, swell of, 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 of engagement. Your question around the management, yes, there is a management, um, but I think we need to be realistic also and say, we, we are not talking about a, a, um, a, a product um, that is on a shelf. We're talking about a woman, a person, a human, a young woman, a young woman who will express herself in ways that she feels comfortable in. And in this case, it's our Miss South Africa who felt quite appropriately that she wanted to be a, to take a photo wearing a, a, a bikini and, and, and or engaging with her fans in that way. And I think it's also important to, to understand that we're going to have to know that whilst we, we are, we feel like we own Miss South Africa, you know, it's not a commodity. This is a human being, and a human being has to express themselves according to how they feel comfortable. And that is something that everybody needs to take into consideration. Hmm. Okay, let me take a quick break. Uh, I welcome your calls, by the way, 011-714-2006. WhatsApp notes on 0614-104-107. Your take on what has played out on social media, I have massive discomfort, but I've got three experts here with us. A social analyst, I've got a brand expert, and I've also got a former Miss South Africa to delve into this conversation. I really want to hear your opinion because, after all, it is you who has started this conversation. It's 
us, all of us, have become part of this conversation, so we need to own it. I also have to say that we have invited both the organization, Miss South Africa, and we also wanted to give Etsofazo also an opportunity. She is on holiday, we're told by the CEO of the organization, uh, Stephanie Wells uh, Vale, um, that Etsofazo is taking a well-deserved break after an excruciating, grueling timetable for the pageant and completing her honors degree. That's the one thing that she says, but she also goes on to say, we have no issue with people questioning both ourselves as an organization as well as the reigning Miss South Africa, Tsukhofazo. However, we do condemn personal attacks and cyber bullying. So your comments on that, 011-714-2006. Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. Good afternoon, SAFM Radio. My name is Kitias. I am in Cape Town, Philippi. The issue about Miss South Africa wearing bikinis, I think people are just being unfair to the young lady. If you look, most of the celebrities, you, you can name a lot of them. They are sending pictures of the same thing on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere. Why not blast them also? Guys, leave this lady alone. She knows her duty. That is why she won that crown because of her intelligence. She's going to deliver where you expected to deliver during the right time. Not now, guys. Thank you. I'm going to bring in Bokang here, who was wearing the crown in 2010, who's joining us also on the line. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us, Bokang. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Talk to us about the pressure you felt, the pressure that she must be going through right now when the entire country is looking at you as a representative of something that speaks to beauty. Yeah. What, what does that feel like? I mean, first of all, I think, you know, I mean, I was crowned in 2010, so you can imagine the only form of social media was Facebook at the time. And um, so it was always about what we are putting out there, you know, as an organization. And so you hardly got a chance to hear what the feedback was from people. But as you can see now, we live in a time whereby social media is quite big. I mean, people don't even need to watch the pageant to know who our current Miss South Africa is because she will definitely trend on the night of the pageant. And so one thing I can say is we definitely live in a time where everybody has got an opinion. But, I mean, people need to stop being comfortable with women who feel good about themselves. The whole idea behind the pageant and how it has evolved over the years is that we literally want South African women to really just celebrate who they are in all they are, love the skin they're in, love their curves, love every inch of their skin. And I, uh, and so for me, I, I, I genuinely feel that, um, you know, people are being unfair, but also we, haven't, we have the pull-down syndrome. You know, it's quite big in our country, especially on social media. And, of course, when you become a public figure, people tend to think they definitely own you so they can say whatever it is they want. But... She should be allowed to wear swimwear and put whatever she wants. The saddest part about it is just a few weeks ago, I mean, she was with uh, Umam Pumzilim Lambongluga talking about the kind of difference she really wants to make together with, the, with you and women. It didn't trend, you know, and, and that's the kind of times we live in whereby good work can never be celebrated, but people will always try and find something at fault. 
Sylvester, this is where you come in. You know, she's yeah. just saying, um, Bukang is saying, well, you know, Shurufatso was with, with the, the UN mm. representative of women not so yeah. long ago. Nobody made a fuss about it. And this mm. is where you come in, where I'm asking you, surely there needs to be some sort of assistance, I suppose, in, in directing the positioning of, of this young lady. Because in as much as we understand that there are people out there, what I, what I really fear is while we all have these conversations, we are dealing with a human being that yeah. we are breaking her down. I mean, one of the focuses, I mean, as you can imagine, it's the same crown, it's the same title, but different women every single year. And we all have causes that we fight for. I mean, mine was teenage pregnancy at the time because it was really just going high and literacy education. And I did my part with regards to those two focuses. With hers, it's mental illness. Mm. Now, can you imagine what she must be going through? right now in this moment when the entire country is literally just pulling her down when i say the entire country of course i'm generalizing mm -hmm. but you know it, it must be quite tough and these are the type of conversations we need to have but one thing that you need to understand as well is you can't control how people react to you uh, and Sylvester? i think sorry yes Sylvester. Yes, I was about to say, you know, um, and in fact, I mean, I'm, I'm going to use, um, you know, my, my previous history and background that, that most people will know, most of our listeners will know. So it's, it's Nando's. And in my previous mm. world, yeah. whenever you put an ad, there would either be people that love it, people that hate mm. it. So mm. the whole idea is that the, the, this um, concept that everything we do is going to be loved by everybody is also yeah. not very realistic. Yeah. So there mm. will be people that will find in absolutely everything, whether it was Zozi, I mean, you do remember, even mm. with Zozi or anyone, really, any Miss Essay, there will always be people that love her. Most people would love her, but there will be some people that won't, mm. you know, and I think mm. it's okay. And I think what we need to understand is that ultimately, um, like I said earlier, she is a human being and mm. a human needs to live according to how they want to live. And as long as she's true to her, her vision of what she wants to achieve mm. and she focuses on that, she needs to focus on doing that. And whether there are people that are going to be hating on Twitter, I mean, the truth is Twitter mm. would be Twitter if there was not enough hate, right? Because it mm. is such a platform <laughs> that, that, you know, that almost really drives that. Um, mm. it, it, what we laugh about, what we're excited about on Twitter, is all the things we're laughing at someone, about yeah. someone. Yeah. So it's actually not really a very good indica uh, indication of the fact that the whole country feels that way. I think that is not true. Um, yeah. There is a, a certain level of audience that are on Twitter that are, uh, are engaging, but Angry it doesn't mean that the well. whole country yeah. is feeling the same. Yeah. This is just one of those things where you have people that like something and people that don't like something. And I think for me, it really is something that can be managed. Uh. Tessa, your sense of what kind of a conversation, let's see this perhaps as an opportunity. What should this be teaching us? So I think it does give, give us an opportunity to reflect because I think that while this is um, true to the fact that, you know, that nobody's, it's not going to always be everybody likes you, there's always going to be haters. I think that's true. But I wanted to juxtapose this with something else that happened on Twitter this week, mm. which was Bernie Sanders' outfit. Yes. being evaluated at the Biden inauguration. Yeah. And instead, I mean, Bernie Sanders was definitely dressed in a way that nobody else around him was. That's not expected of a politician. People, you know, have certain expectations. But because he's an old white man, um, the expectations didn't lead to vitriol. Mm. It led to some fun, mm. some, you know, you know, pointing out that it was different. It was sweet. But not this kind of yeah. hatred. Mm. And I think that 
we have to ask, is it because she's black? Mm. Is it because she's a woman? Is it because she's young? You know, what are the things that make us feel comfortable attacking this person as opposed mm. to another person? Mm. And, and probably the, the underlying question for me, as a black woman, I remember being a young black woman who would never swim in just because I was taught that that was not a damn thing, you know? Mm. And then watching white women on beaches with everyone applauding them for, you know, being so free and being so comfortable in their own skin, mm. but I was being judged. And I think there, there are levels of um, social bias that we must address yeah. if we're going to have an yeah. honest conversation. Yeah. Why mustn't a black woman be comfortable in her own skin? Why can't she put on a bikini and feel good about it? I absolutely think yeah. that even with regards to, you know, just building to what Tessa's saying, and I 100% agree with you, Tessa, the, the concept that as South Africans, we are quite good at bringing people down, right? Mm, I mean, me um, l- l- last year, there was a South, South African film that was selected in and there was a hashtag that is laughing about this whole thing. I mean, it's a big thing. It's an important thing. It's an exciting thing that we could all be rallying behind. But unfortunately, it had individuals who were, who, were, who were attacking it and engaging it. So I think the idea of why is it that we find it so comfortable as South Africans to really bring women down, black women down in particular, around certain issues, whether it's a bikini, whether it's a mini skirt, whether it is driving a, a particular vehicle or using a particular product. There's this acceptance for that kind of engagement. I think that is really the issue. Um, and it has nothing to do with the Miss SA or whoever it is, because no matter what the subject is, you know, there is a way and that South Africans will find to, to bring it out, you know? So, Sylvester, I know you have to go, but I, I do have one more question before before you leave that I need to ask you, but I have to go to the headlines. Just stay with us for another okay. five minutes. And I, I do, I know that you've got to go, but I have one more question for you. Let's go quickly to Nandika Bukas for the latest in headlines, and then I'll be back with my panel. At SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. We continue our conversation around the kind of cyberbullying that I've seen on Shurufazo, who is the current Miss South Africa, crowned 24 October 2020. And uh, she has come under massive attack for swimsuits that she's been posting and so on. I, I just found that absolutely bizarre. And I thought it is time to have that conversation. Why on earth are we having a conversation around her in a swimsuit? I mean, she she contested in it, for goodness sake. Why is it a thing? And so all sorts of things are coming. Up. But my guests are Bogang Munjana Shabalala, who's a former Miss SA, um, crowned 2010, was now currently the judge of this particular Miss SA 2020, Sylvester Chauke, founder and chief executive of a DNA brand architect and author of Stand Against the Bland, Tessa Dooms, social analyst and director of Jasaro Consulting. So, Sylvester, before you leave, I just, I, you know, as, as this is some of the work that you do, mm. going forward... Why, what would you do to assist her brand? I think there are two things to highlight. One is the fact that I think from the beginning um, of, her, of, of her reign, there had been quite a number of negative sort of sentiments in certain areas. So I think this is just one of them, right? Mm-hmm. And that has come up quite recently. In the initial stages, there was a comparison between her and Zozi, for example. Is she more pretty? Um, she, she's from Limpopo. Um, Limpopo can't really you know, um, contribute to a Miss South Africa. And, and there were those kind of jokes in the initial stages. So for me, one, 
there are key areas that one needs to look at in terms of managing what we're putting out um, as a Miss South Africa or, or brand or whatever you know you are, but also understanding the fact that there will be some level of engagement with the audience because we are playing out to, to the audience, and so the audience will respond however way that they need to respond. They love it, and, and some of her tweets, some of her posts are glorious. She looks amazing, and she gets celebrated for it, and some of it, you know, she doesn't. In terms of management of, 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 of the brand, I think just being aware of this this audience that we're dealing with, that, that there, are, there is an audience that's ready to attack, to fight. Um, it's really about engaging for me. I think it's, it's important that those conversations, like Tessa saying, the conversations that, that need to be had, I think this is an opportunity to have that conversation, whether it's Miss, Miss SA as, a, as an organization and, and, and everybody involved. Because I think we're all saying the same thing, but I think it's an opportunity for us to not only educate our audience, but also be able to defend how people and how um, South Africans really do look at women, black women in particular, and how this hatred needs to, at some level, needs to be dealt with somehow. Sylvester Chauke, thank you so much. I know you've got to go. Uh, he's a founder and chief architect of DNA Brand Architect and author of a book called Stand Against the Bland. Here's, here's a message that's just come through from a colleague, Aldrin Pierre here, Tessa, which says, well, when is it just critique and when is it cyberbullying? So the distinction uh-huh. between the two. And there's something else that he says later, but let's just maybe stick with that. Tessa? You're asking me, so sorry. Um, So the the thin line between that is that critique is about the action. Bullying is about the person. Once we personalize these things and we make it about attaching it to um, her worth, her value, um, how we should address her or how we should perceive her, we're starting to attack her person, not just the behavior. And so I think we, we, we need to get, get to a point where we can say, I don't like this behavior, but I'm not going to allow it to extrapolate to other parts of this person's character. So, so Bugang, I mean, I'm trying to, to paint a scenario in my mind around <laughs> yeah. what kind of, I imagine, and I, and I was having this conversation with my colleagues, I imagine that there is massive support behind her. There are yeah. people who, who are experts in all sorts of things uh-huh. who are there. Am mm. I wrong? No, of course. I mean, one thing I can tell you is I've had the experience of two different types of management with regards to Miss South Africa. And in my time, I literally had to fight my way through to say, this is who I am. I'm going to do this and I'm going to stand up for what I have planned to do in my year. Whereas now, the organization now, I mean, they are absolutely fantastic. They genuinely care about the girls and what they stand for. Um, I think one thing that people were literally concerned about is we always only see pretty pictures of yourself. What else are you doing? And um, like Tessa said, it's about how you, 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 you say it, right? So if people want to hear her opinions on gender-based violence, um, people want to hear her opinions on mental illness, on teenage pregnancy, on anything else that's currently taking place in our country, there are ways in which you can ask. And people were basically saying that just in a mean way, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, and so for me, I feel like she has, a, she has great support. I mean, they've even come in her defense. She is on holiday. So clearly, I'm sure, you know, she should be able to post whatever she wants. She is on holiday. She's not working right now. But even if she wasn't on holiday, she should be able to put out what she feels like putting out. 
Um, and so that's basically what I would say. Let's take some voice notes and we'll come back with, with more after this. All right. Yeah, good afternoon, Pumilo and the SFM listeners. Uh, Pumilo, I would want to agree and disagree with your guests and some callers uh, supporting uh, such behavior on social media. I think when someone becomes an ambassador of a country, uh, we would expect much better behavior because that behavior represents who we are as a country. So I believe that uh, people should be responsible for their actions. And it's not about taking anybody down. I know there's bullying and stuff like that, which I do not agree with, but people should just behave in, on social media. It is very disingenuous for anyone who says they stand for the liberation of women, the promotion of the status of women in the society, and that being us respecting the, 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 the rights of women and their freedoms, and still go on social media and make such utterances. People are hypocrites. I'm sorry for saying this, but then that's how I see everything. These are the very same people who call themselves activists, feminists you know because i've seen that most of these comments come from women you know it is really disheartening afternoon pinello in 2021 i was not expecting to have uh, this discussion of dressing code because we have seen men especially those who are in a public figure who are in public especially wearing vests leaving their six pack out wearing shorts but nobody is is, is is questioning them how they dress why should it be a, a a problem when women dress the way they want to express themselves she don't owe anyone to wear long dresses she don't owe anyone to to wear the way they want her to wear she wear the way she want to be feel comfortable on it's calvin busy in Malone. thank you so let, let me bring you in, Tessa, to perhaps start uh, responding to some of those comments. I think particularly the first one, which yeah. was saying, you know, yes, great, but, and yes, we know about pull her down syndrome, but there was a but yeah. there, a big but. Yeah. Yeah. So the, my response to that is twofold. One is the context in which she became our representative wasn't the ballot of the box or um, some, some title in, in a boardroom. It was on a stage displaying who she is on the inside and on the outside, mm-hmm. wearing a bikini as part of why we picked her. So her wearing a bikini in any other context is part of the package we get in her representing us. But the most important thing is she's also representing us because of her intellect and because of her interests. And all of those things are part of her. Mm-hmm. And so if we allow ourselves to say we're only going to pick this part of her and not that part of her, mm-hmm. we're saying that what she wears diminishes who she is, diminishes other parts of her. Mm -hmm. And I, as a professional woman, long ago decided that my work will speak for me. Mm. My clothes will not speak for me. My work will speak for me. And I think the same is true for her. Isn't it interesting, Tessa, that, and and it obviously must have been a a conscious decision, that in as much as you're a professional woman and you have so many other things that you do, you also are able to put out, and you've made this conscious decision, to put yourself out in a bikini, out at the beach, to say that I am a holistic person. It's I'm not just this one-dimensional being. Have we lost Tessa? 
All right. Let me let me come back to you, Bokang, because yes. I again the issue of pulling her down keeps coming up. Oh yeah. People are. Oh yeah. People are. I mean. Yeah. I mean, even now, um, that's that's exactly what I said earlier. Um, why does it make us feel uncomfortable when we see a black woman feeling good about herself and loving every inch of her skin? Why is it making people? extremely uncomfortable it is true what tessa said you know she was on stage in her bikini you know she displayed all that she is inside and out why do people have a problem with the fact that she's comfortable being in a bikini you know for me it's 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 it's, uh, uh, and i mean obviously we we have different focuses and different issues and different things that bother us in life but i probably would have been more bothered if she was rude to people she she didn't act uh, as as a people's person, I, um, if she felt she shouldn't be, uh, for example, accessible to people, you know, those are some of the things I would probably have a problem with. Uh, but I mean, I, I just can't believe it that somebody was trending on Twitter for all, you know, for, for the mere fact that she, she put on a bikini. And now she's been scrutinized for that. It is just, um, like I'm saying, the pull-me-down syndrome. You know, one of the things that Sylvester said earlier is that there were a lot of comments as well because she's a girl from Limpopo. I mean, I'm from Limpopo. And one thing I can tell you is that um, we have an issue of tribalism. You know, in, in our country as a whole, as black people, we, we don't like each other in terms of the different tribes. So already this girl, when she won, she was already being attacked because she's a vendor girl. You know, as if vendor women are not worthy of, of the title, mm. you know. And yes, she's constantly compared to the previous winner. Why? Every single girl has a right to do her journey and walk her journey as she pleases. You know, Tessa, I was going to bring that up. And I, I wanted us to reflect on that because what I was seeing with this conversation, the, the more people delved into it, the more it revealed who we are and how scarred yeah. we are. Yeah. And the kind of self-hate that we have for, mm-hmm. for ourselves. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And and I do think um, what I brought up in the beginning, this comparison with, with Rosie, mm. um, has definitely become um, a toxic one, not mm. for anything that Rosie has done yep. or Shudu has done, but because we've decided to pit people against each other. We've yeah. decided to play mean girls um, and do these kinds of comparisons. But we've done it on the basis of deep-seated issues we have yeah. um, that are divisive in this country. Mm, yeah. On the basis of tribalism, on yeah. the basis of gender issues, um, and, and on the basis of race, mm. and the basis of the ways in which we, we don't afford black women the right to just be themselves. Yeah. The right yeah. to be pioneers, the right to lead, and the right to stand in their own life. We need to be the ones that confer to black women the right to be. And we have to stop that. It's, it's such an and important I'm, point yeah. because, you know, the, that right to be. We yeah. never are given the right and the space to be. Mm-hmm. At some point, I was seeing people referring to COVID-19. Why isn't she sending out a, a sanitizers yeah. and masks? And, I mean, she must, just, she must carry well. the whole country on her yeah. shoulders because yeah. that's what a black woman does, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one of the things that the reason, the biggest reason why I had to be a judge for the past four years is this, plain and simple. In my time when we entered Ms. Essay, and I mean, I can talk you just, I, I could talk you through about the, you know, the evolution of the entire pageant, but we don't have time for that. But in my time when I entered Ms. Essay, we were not even allowed as black girls to relax, I mean, to, to, to go on stage with our natural hair. If you dared to 
go on stage or to even enter with your natural hair, they would definitely ask you, should we need to change your hair? Would you say yes? Years down the line, a new organization, some of us being advocates and saying, black woman, you are enough, you're beautiful, you're worthy. We are there on the panel. We're choosing women that other young girls, young South African girls can relate to. It's an issue. You know, you see that the self-hate is just too much. You get a girl who is a beautiful uh, reflection of what an African girl can be, even without the extras put on her. And the self-hate. The fact that it has been put in us, you know, whether it has been put in us out there forcefully or not, I don't feel good about myself. I don't think I'm enough without the weave, you know, not being skinny. So why should I be able to celebrate a young woman who is bold, who has curves, who is now a Miss South Africa? So it's a deep-rooted issue among black people and how we don't love ourselves. And if I don't love myself, there's no way I'm going to love you. You know, so it's, it's, it's much deeper than people just tweeting. Mm-hmm. And hence, I say it's the pull me down syndrome. It is just so much and it's so huge among the black community. Let's go to some of the voice notes that are coming through. Yeah. Good afternoon, Nancy Pamelo. In everything that we do, there are good side and then the bad side. Perhaps if social media wasn't bustling with this story, perhaps we wouldn't be discussing about her you understand and also with the social media buzzing about her has probably increased her followers etc many people want to go and follow up the like what is trending you understand so that is one maybe one good thing i would say she is getting from the publicity she is getting lastly it's not everything that we blacks were created to do or we were found to be doing if you go back down maybe to the history, maybe the likes of Winnie Madigzela or a queen, Yasantua who derived in Ghana, etc. All those people were not involved in such activities. So therefore, <laughs> it becomes real for us to see our young women who are also following the route of the Europeans. There are certain things we can do, certain things we can do. Likewise, the European women, certain things they can't do, certain things our women can also do. So in everything, we weigh the options, then we go with the flow. It's Bramore in Bloemfontein. Our woman. Um, t- Tessa, where, where does this take us? How our do we take woman. This, how do we take this forward? <laughs> so I actually want to agree with the last caller, surprisingly, um, and say that black women, African women on this continent, were not historically wearing loads of clothes. Mm. When colonizers came and landed here, they found us scant- scantily dressed because we were in the heat. And they came with coats from, and, and suits from um, Europe where they were in the cold. So when we are less dressed, we actually are more true to our own cultural heritage than what we have been, um, what we've taken on over the years. And so we, we mustn't read history through a very narrow lens. Otherwise, we will catch ourselves for our own biases that we are trying to defend with history. But going forward, we have to ask ourselves, what kind of culture do we want to create going forward for our children, for young people, for young women? Do we want to create a culture where they fear being who they are or they fear um, dressing the way they want to, even when they are competent in every other area of their lives? We can, we can um, allow women to uh, or celebrate when women take up a position as vice president of the United States 
but then we say to them, but you can't have agency in any other area of your life. We can't continue with that double standard and build a generation of young women that can take on the world. I'm going to have to thank you both. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Tessa Dooms, Social Analyst and Director of Jasoro Consulting. Bokang Monchane Shabalala, former Miss SA 2010, as well as the 2020 Miss SA judge.